welcome to NetHone's Darknet Summary. NetHone is a fintech company that fights online transaction fraud using its proprietary software solution. In order to keep clients safe, we keep track of what's happening in the darknet, the sometimes murky underbelly of the web where fraudsters exchange the tools and knowledge to plan their criminal activities. That's why we've created this podcast, to share with you what our experts have found during their investigations. We begin this month's summary looking at the well-known threat of ransomware, the ever-evolving malware which has been designed to encrypt files on a user's device, rendering them unusable and any systems reliant on them going offline. Once a fraudster has paralysed the victim's network, they aim to extort a ransom with a promise to provide a method of decrypting the files upon payment, a promise which is not always kept, even if a ransom has been paid. The last two to three years have seen the rise of ransomware attacks, to the point they are considered by many online security experts to be the biggest cyber threat out there today. The reason for ransomware's popularity is simple. Low-level tech crooks can buy relatively cheap access to a ransom-as-a-service or RAS subscription. It works just like any legitimate software-as-a-service or SaaS subscription, from where it gets its name, the difference being its intended criminal purpose. This method uses already developed ransomware to carry out an attack, with the developers earning a percentage of every successful ransom payment. The proliferation and ease of access to such services and tools, and word of mouth spreading in cybercrime circles, means that criminals have opted to focus more of their online attention on extortion rather than fraud. One perceived benefit is that legal repercussions are minimal, simply because it's more difficult for an anonymous criminal to be caught while hiding behind many layers of protection. But There have been a few hiccups for ransomware in 2021, directly linked to their increased use. Some of the targets of attacks have been big players with deep pockets that are often linked to national infrastructure. In response to the threat of ransomware, the United States Department of Justice recently set up the Ransomware and Digital Extortion Task Force, deeming such attacks a direct threat to national security, meaning they are treated as seriously as terrorism. One major attack came in May of this year. Orchestrated by the cybercrime group Darkside, the target was the Colonial Pipeline, the 8,900-kilometer-long economic lifeline that runs from Houston, Texas to Linden, New Jersey, and carries 45% of the East Coast supply of diesel, petrol, and jet fuel. That's 2.5 million barrels per day. The pipeline was disrupted for roughly one week, leading to short-term fuel shortages, which were partly caused by panic buying at the pumps. NetHone's intelligence specialist Michal Barbash explains more about the incident. The ransomware attack on the Colonial Pipeline occurred on May 7th when a leaked password to an old account that had access to the virtual private network used to remotely access the company's servers was compromised. The account allegedly lacked multi-factor authentication. This cyber attack led to the largest petroleum pipeline in the United States having to stop operations and freeze their IT systems. The extortion process began and it was later confirmed by the chief executive Joseph Blount that the company had paid the equivalent of $4.4 million in Bitcoin to regain access to their systems. To date, the ransomware and digital extortion task force has been able to recover 64 of the 75 Bitcoins paid to the attackers by following the money trail, so to speak, despite the money being held in difficult-to-trace cryptocurrency. Once they located the address of the hacker's wallet, 
it obtained a court order to seize the funds stored within it. The FBI obtained the digital key required to open the wallet, although it has not been revealed to the public how this was achieved. The swift action of the Department of Justice and the FBI serve as a rare example of ransomware payments being recovered. Thanks, Michal. Can you give us any more insight into the consequences of this ransomware attack and the DOJ-FBI efforts to recover the money paid as part of the ransom? Have cybercriminal groups taken notice? What is the most interesting? Ransomware topics were banned in May on the most prominent Russian darkware forums like XSS and Exploit. This ban was enforced right after the Colonial Pipeline hack. Officially, forum administrators did this because ransomware became too toxic and dangerous. They also said that most ransomware is not interesting to them from a purely technical point of view, and they, as a community of hackers, want to support people who seek to gain knowledge and improve their skills. Paid ransomware tools, where one doesn't have to code anything and the only goal is to make money, comes into conflict with their credo. All said and done, in my opinion, ransomware became just too dangerous to deploy after the US government started to consider this as a threat to their national security. Interesting. Have there been any other ransomware changes in the darknet? There have certainly been some interesting developments. A new Russian-speaking darkware forum has emerged, and it wants to gather orphaned RAS vendors and their affiliates from forums where this topic was banned. The forum name is Ransom Anon Marketplace, or RAMP for short. It refers to another Russian RAMP, Russian Anonymous Marketplace that was the biggest Russian darknet market with drugs until it was seized in 2015. You can say that they chose the name of an old, renowned forum to grab more attention. However, the new RAMP forum's beginnings have been beset by problems. It started with a small number of users and soon became the victim of a spamming attack with the attackers demanding 5,000 US dollars to stop. The admins declined and the forum became a dumping ground for gifts and pornographic images. The site was temporarily closed and now restarted. It requires a $500 registration fee to access the knowledge, tools and services available inside. It is a rather big amount for a new forum. Any future success of this site may act as an indicator for the overall trend of whether or not cybercriminals will create a new community concentrated around ransomware. There is another curious case where someone has tried to gain attention by using an old renowned darkware brand. An individual has restarted Alphabay, claiming to be one of the original admins of the former market before it was taken down by law enforcement. One admin got away, the main admin died in a Thai prison, the rest were caught. In the past, Alphabay was the biggest darknet market with 200,000 users and 30,000 vendors that had 100,000 listings for fake and stolen identification papers, malware hacking tools and fraudulent services, not to mention 250,000 listings for drugs and chemicals. The total transactions from the market amounted to $1 billion worth in cryptocurrency. The current membership of Alphabet to Zero is low and it remains to be seen if it will regain its former status. It is a myth that on darknet markets you can buy and sell anything. It is basically untrue. Darknet markets always have rules where it is specified what you can sell there and what you cannot. In the case of this new Alphabet to Zero it is no different. Some things are banned because they are in conflict with administrators' views. Usually it is a child abuse material. 
Some fix are banned because they could attract too much law enforcement attention. This is clearly visible in the case of the Alpha Bay 2.0, because there is banned trade of gas, fentanyl, hitman services and ransomware services. Like I told you before, this topic became too dangerous in the opinion of many dark web criminals. Oh, and there is banned trading of data that could hurt the Russian state, its citizens or its allied countries. This prohibition is typical for criminals living in Russia to avoid problems from their home law enforcement. Thanks for the update, Michal. At NetHone, we continue to monitor the dark web environment. Although the indications are that the use of ransomware will increase, even if their popularity with cybercriminals decreases, they will always remain a threat. The threat evolves as quickly as the malware itself evolves. To understand the criminal's MO is to understand how to prevent successful attacks, which is why we continue to surf the darknet to learn as much as we can in real time and update our defences. That's the end of the Darknet Summary for July. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and tune in next month for the latest episode of the Darknet Summary. Our blog at nethone.com also contains a wealth of expert analysis on the dark web and anti-fraud issues in general, so feel free to check us out. If you wish to contact us regarding anything you've listened to or have general suggestions for us, we'd be delighted to hear from you. Send us an email to contact at nethone.com.